In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear family, how different the world would be if everyone listened to our mother. Surely most of you have heard, but it always is good to recall that the last words recorded of our blessed mother in sacred scripture are, do whatever he tells you. How different the world would be this very day if everyone listened to our mother. How different the world would be if everyone had her magnificat on their lips. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. What courage she had at that moment, courage that comes from God alone. Just recently, we had the gospel where Peter saw, Je saw Jesus walk on water. You remember how that went? Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And when our Lord told Peter to come, at least Peter had courage enough, courage enough to at least start to walk by faith. And as we know, as we know, so often the case, he took his eyes off of Jesus, looked at the storm, and he did, okay, let's get this straight. He did not just start to sink. Oops, my ankles are below the water. I better call out. No, he was sinking in every sense of the word. He knew what was going on. He was sinking sinking so fast, he thought he was going to drown. He had no choice but to turn to Jesus and cry out to him, Lord, save me. It's not cowardice that made Peter cry out to Jesus. Rather, it was a recognition that without Jesus, he would sink. There are two huge lessons there, dear family, two huge lessons. Firstly, he had the courage to step out of safety and at least try to walk by faith. And secondly, the lesson is we too must keep our eyes upon Jesus and cry out to him whenever we start sinking in this world, this cesspool all around us. Back to our blessed mother. She too began with a miraculous sign, just like Peter saw our Lord walking on the water. She too began with that magnificent miraculous sign, the Annunciation, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Mary and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. What courage our blessed mother had at that moment. You know, we all know how 
problematic it would be for her when she gave her fiat. Discovery of being with child, whilst betrothed as she was, meant certain death. Death by stoning. A most cruel and unusual punishment, perhaps surpassed only by the cruelest of all punishments that suffered by our Lord himself, the crucifixion. What courage our Blessed Mother had when she gave her fiat. Word spread fast enough, we know at the visitation that Saint, we just heard what Saint Elizabeth knew. How is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? A truly faithful Catholics get it. They get it. But the mother of our Lord comes to us, which is why we should pray so fervently for her intercession. It's not like we didn't know this. She told us in Fatima over a hundred years ago. We should pray so fervently for her intercession because we know that never was it known that anyone who fled to her protection or sought her intercession was left unaided. We know this. It would be a good and holy thing if we venerated her more using the litany of Loretto. This litany to the Blessed Virgin Mary was composed way back during the Middle Ages. And the place of honor it now holds in the life of the church is due to its faithful use at the shrine of the Holy House of Loretto. It was definitively approved by Sixtus V in 1587, and all other Marian litanies were suppressed, at least for public use. Its titles and invocations set before us Mary's exalted privileges, her holiness of life, her amiability, her power, her motherly spirit, her queenly majesty. The principle that has been followed in their interpretation is the one enunciated by Pope Pius IX. God enriched her so wonderfully from the treasury of his divinity far beyond all angels and saints with the abundance of all heavenly gifts that she should show for such holy fullness of innocence and holiness than which a greater under God is unthinkable and which beside God no one even can conceive in thoughts. Hence Whatever virtue and holiness is found in angels and saints must be present in Mary in an immeasurably higher degree. That all makes sense, doesn't it? She is, after all, the mother of God. Which is why, after invoking our Lord's mercy upon us at the, lit at the start of the litany and after recognizing the primacy of the Holy Trinity, the litany of Loretta reminds, of, reminds us of our Blessed Mother's supremacy above all humanity and why all angels, why all angels, ages shall call her blessed. For she is holy. She is the mother of God. She is the holy virgin of virgins, the mother of the church, the mother of divine grace. It is why we sing of Mary, pure and lowly, virgin mother, undefiled. 
That's why we pray for the intercession of our blessed mother assumed into heaven. It is why blessed Pope Pius XII published Munificentissimus Deus, the apostolic constitution defining the dogma of the assumption when he wrote those magnificent words that define what infallibility really is. It's not a press conference in a plane 35,000 feet over the Atlantic. Quote, after we have poured forth prayers of supplication again and again to God and have invoked the light of the spirit of truth for the glory of almighty God. You know, that kind of stuff wasn't what was being said in the garden, the Vatican garden when Pachamama was there. After we poured forth prayers of supplication again and again to God and have invoked the light of the spirit of truth for the glory of almighty God who has lavished his special affection upon the Virgin Mary for the honor of her son, the immortal king of the ages and the victor over sin and death for the increase of the glory of that same August mother and for the joy and exaltation of the entire church by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ of the blessed apostles, Peter and Paul, and by our own authority, we pronounce, declare and define it to be a divinely revealed dogma that the Immaculate Mother of God, the Ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Hence, if anyone, which God forbid, should dare willfully to deny or to call into doubt that which we have defined, let him know that he has fallen away completely from the divine and Catholic faith. And further, quote, it is forbidden to any man to change this. Our declaration, pronouncements, and definition, or by rash attempts to oppose and counter it. If any man should presume to make such an attempt, let him know that he will incur the wrath of Almighty God and the blessed apostles, Peter and Paul. But family, those are the keys of the kingdom speaking. So let us use the brains God gave us. What does that say about anyone, Catholic or otherwise, who opposes what was just defined as dogma? Yeah, I don't need to go into it. It's fairly obvious, isn't it? Certain shepherds of the church should realize that not everybody does go to heaven, that many do go to hell. And there's an example of many who will precisely because the doors of heaven are locked by the keys of the kingdom to those who deny the magnificence of our blessed mother. So now, dear family, considering all that, doesn't it make you wonder why it is that anyone would think it's a-okay to take today the feast, the solemnity of the Assumption of Mary and make it not a holy day of obligation because it falls on a Saturday. 
In other words, God forbid that a Catholic should have to go to the holy sacrifice of the mass twice in two days. Is it any wonder that the many baptized Catholics in the world don't even have a shadow of the faith, a shadow of the courage that St. Peter had when Jesus called to him, come. Is it any wonder that the many baptized Catholics in the world will not get out of the boats? Seriously, dear family, who's fooling who here? Let's talk about courage a little more and ponder the level of cowardice that surrounds us. Last night, I had the privilege of, of watching another new movie release again, like the story of the Medal of Honor recipient, William Hart Pitsenbarger, PJ. This movie also was a true story entitled Outpost. It was of another very bloody battle, this time in Afghanistan. And the film tells the story of the 53 US soldiers and two Latvian military advisors who battled in defense of a ridiculously placed remote military base against a force of some 400 Taliban. It is the only battle in the last 50 years from whence came two living winners of the Congressional Medal of Honor. Once again, it was an example of courage, of courage of our finest young soldiers in stark comparison to the cowardice of the Crayola Collegians. Hear that again, dear family, and let the comparison fully sink in. The outpost was an example of courage, the courage of our finest young soldiers in stark comparison to the cowardice of the Crayola Collegians. Now let us apply this human witness of courage, this example of courage in the face of a very real deadly enemy versus cowardice of cowering before the fear-demic of COVID. The family courage moves me to the core of my soul. That's why St. Isaac Jokes has been my greatest hero saint since I first read of his martyrdom as a little boy. In contrast, cowardice moves me to contempt. Yesterday, I saw a young man walking down the street wearing a face mask. Your family, that's not doing one's civic duty. Don't believe the lie. That is lining up like a typical low-information lemming to feed from the trough of cowardice. It is a perfect example of how the left bludgeons low-information lemmings into conformity, 100% based on fear and 0% based on faith. And to grasp and understand even a portion of the incomprehensible gravity of the propaganda, realize that the entire globe was shut down and now all semblance of humanity has been attacked at its very heart and soul, not only by the actually demonstrated ineffectual mandatory masking, but by the attack on humanity by antisocial distancing, 
which is the only thing that ever stops the spread of any virus, herd immunity. All justified, as Rod Serling would say, as we mentioned recently, by a virus so deadly, so dangerous, so lethal, that you had to take a test to even know you had it. And yet, the low information lemmings line up like sheep led to the slaughter, repeating the godless refrain of erring on the side of caution. The family, there is error so great as, a, as acquiescence to the errors being spread by the realization in our time of the Russian error about which our blessed mother warned us. And dear family, here's one short story to help you understand how this happened so quickly. A few years ago, left-wing liberal Canada decided to approve every human-created letter in the man-made gender alphabet. Remember, God made exactly two. There's only two. And he gave us very specific instructions with regard to those two. And one of the things left-wing liberal Canada did was to use the power of the police and the law, like Hillary Clinton threatened to do in 2015, to force people of faith to change their deep-seated religious beliefs. So in Canada, they approved same-sex unions, and then their version of left-wing propaganda machine, the NEA, the National Education Association, held its annual national conference and had, as one of its principal speakers and presenters, a woman who was part of the L part of the alphabet, who was called to explain, she was asked to explain the magnificently successful way that she inculcated little elementary school kids. They might have been as young as kindergartners, I can't remember. Very little kids. How she inculcated them, these little children, in the godless scheme of the alphabet. She stood before all the gathered school administrators and teachers at this national conference in Canada, and she told them how to do it, how she did it so successfully. The beginning of the school year, she drew on the board a stick man of a man and a woman, a married couple. And next to them, she drew a stick man, stick woman, of a woman and a woman, again, represented as a married couple. And then she asked these precious little children who had an actual mom and a dad, well, what, do you, what do your parents do for you? And of course, these precious children replied with such things as well. They feed me, they clothe me, they take care of me, they put me to bed, they love me. Then, here it comes, dear family, the propaganda of the left and the inculcation. Then she pointed at the board with the, stu the two stick women representing herself and her female partner, and she asked these precious children, well, what is it that my female partner and I do for our children? And of course, from the precious simple young minds of these little children came the same answers, feeding, clothing, caring. 
And then see this propaganda artist of a teacher. See what she said to these little children. She said, see, no difference, no difference. And then she told her audience at the convention, the kids got it. How insidious. What a serpent from hell. What a viper in the garden was she. Boy, be careful what you do to the little children. Our Lord Jesus taught us. Don't lead them astray. She told the audience at the convention, the kids got it. And then she said words to the effect. And when they do get it, you don't have to do another thing. They teach others. She said a little boy came in in the middle of the school year. He was all confused when he came to realize that this woman and her lover constituted two mothers, not a mother and a father, but two mothers. And he was all confused, this little boy. And she said to her audience that she did not have to say a thing because all the other little kids in her class explained to this new and confused little boy no difference. Dear family, that is the ultimate Russian error. The indoctrination of younger people through government schools, through liberal education, until such time as enough of them have been produced that they constitute at least a vigorous minority as we're seeing out in Seattle, Portland, Chicago. One day, a majority. Then just plant the seeds in their heads, the seeds of cowardice and cowering before COVID, and keep repeating the big godless lies, such dangerously false responses, such as anti-social distancing and mandatory masking, and all that weight of a younger population so indoctrinated into lemming status just gobbles down that rat poison, served up by the godless and faithless. And the next thing you know, we see young people, healthy young people walking down the street outside with face masks. And I kid you not, yesterday, I saw a motorcyclist driving down the road wearing a face mask. Your family, on this feast day, on this solemnity, of the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let us call to mind and never ever forget. Firstly, she warned us about the Russian error that we see all around us today. But secondly, and eternally more importantly, let us call to mind and never forget that anyone who fled to her protection or sought her intercession was left unaided. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.